Blog Talk Radio. This is all about wine on Blog Talk Radio, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009, featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Basically what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Call our guest line at any time during the live show at area code 646-727-3235. And let's talk about wine. Again, the phone number to call is 646 727 3235. And now, All About Wine is on. Here's Ron. All right, all right. That's enough. That's enough. Thank you. That's enough. That's enough. Thank you. Ah, bus people. Happy today. Beautiful evening here in. Uh, paradise. So we've got some blue skies and uh, nice what direction? Southerly breeze and in 90 degrees. Oh, it's Florida in the summer. That's what we get. Mike's not with us tonight. He's uh, tied up in uh, his real job, actually. And so he's he couldn't get out of it. So he's doing that tonight. So you've got me, but I've got things to tell you. I've got things to talk about. I've got you know a few things to pass on to you, and we will entertain you. Hope for the next hour, and when we do that, you'll hopefully learn something and have a good time. This is Thursday evening, August the twenty third, twenty eighteen. Uh, actually, August 23rd is my sister's birthday. So, happy birthday, little sister, if you're listening. I don't know if you listen to it. Actually, I don't know if any of my family ever listens to this program. That's really sad. Uh, they, I think every once in a while they'll pick it up on archive or something, but is I don't think any of them listen to it live. But, hey, you know, if they do it on archives, that's what most of you do out there anyway. I appreciate it. It's great. It's wonderful that you're listening to us. And, uh, you know, thanks a lot. We got a nice little email from Blog Talk Radio saying that they picked up our show and they're going to feature it for a while and spread it around, let people know about it. So I'm thrilled about that. Mike uh, and I talked about it a little bit uh, this past week, and uh, hey, good for us, good for good for Blog Talk Radio. So we're happy with that. Oh, uh, let's see, what do we need to talk about here? Let's throw out a little trivia here to start with. Oh, if you want to call, 646-727-3235. I can't say operators are standing by because I don't have mine tonight. So operator is not standing by. It'll just be me. But if you call, stay there. I'll get online, bring you in if you want to talk about wine, please. Uh, there's lots of other subjects out there in the world, but we're not going to talk about them. We're going to talk about wine. According to the Wine Institute, the estimated retail value of wine sold in the United States each year is now more than $20 billion. Wow. That's a chunk of change. But people are drinking more and people are 
enjoying it more. I just saw something, too. I don't think I marked it to tell you, but I saw something that said that most people don't really start appreciating wine to the fullest until they're in their upper 20s. Interesting bit of information. I saw the article and I went, yeah, okay, fine. I, I started to drink wine you know, long, long before that. But uh, they're saying you don't start appreciating and start really understanding until you're in your upper 20s, which I think that's just not giving credit to the people where it should be given, but oh well, that's my opinion. If I can find the article, I'll share it with you later. Another bit of trivia here, affluent drinkers. What do the rich do with their money? At least some of them do the predictable, buy expensive cars, buy jewelry, take trips to Europe, and, as you might expect, buy wine. According to the Mendelssohn Affluent Survey, and yeah, there really is such a thing, there were 27 million affluent households. Now, the survey defines an affluent household as one in which the income exceeds $75,000 though the average was closer to $130,000 on their survey. But 75 is all for affluent. So, you know, quite a few people, I think, fall into, like I say, 27 million people. Uh, in that year, last year, the heads of affluent households sipped 108 million glasses of wine each week, including 9 million glasses of champagne and sparkling wine. So, but I'm sure that number has changed. Those numbers change so fast anyway. I mean, some of these surveys they do and all that, if it becomes a year old, then it's already so out of date. But, uh, okay, now let's see what we're going to talk about. we got different things I'm going to talk to you now. First thing I'm going to do is, as always, I'm going to... Fill you in on what's happening in other wineries that I get emails on. Again, if you are a winery or if you know someone who has a winery that wants to be a, uh, well, wants their events announced on the program, email me. I Send it to me. I will be happy to tell what's going on. Castle Ridge Winery. This is located in Iowa. You all should be familiar with Tassel Ridge. Nice winery. If you're ever up in that area, by all means, try to stop by Tassel Ridge Winery and check it out. It is a pretty pretty nice winery. Nice vineyard and everything right there. Tassel Ridge Winery coming up on this Saturday, the 25th. They got Wine and Slider Saturday. Enjoy a glass of Tassel Ridge Wine with your favorite slider from their Saturday Slider menu. They got Bacon Gouda Sliders with Lettuce, Tomato, and Stonewall Kitchen Roasted Garlic. Uh, they got barbecue bacon cheddar sliders with bacon cheddar cheese and barbecue sauce. And they've got others and different things going on. So that is this Saturday. Um, well, let's see. Fiery Shrimp. Oh, they pairing it with Iowa White Blossom. Or if you want a sweeter wine, the Iowa Edelweiss which is not overpowering these people, but it's nice wine. So that's uh, upcoming events at Tassel Ridge every day. Monday through Friday, they have a bistro lunch from 11 to 4. 
and on select Saturdays from 11 to 4, Sundays, noon to 4. And then uh, every Thursday and Friday, they have their fried oven pizza days, and they also have other events. So check them out. They are on the web at, I want to say Tassel Ridge, but some of these have odd emails. So let me see if this one is it or not, if I can find it here. It's not in my, so I get this through email, so it shows Google. Um, hmm, I don't know. Tassel Ridge Winery. Uh, Mailing address, Tassel, T-A-S-S-E-L, Ridge, R-E-G-G-E, Winery, at 1681 200 20th Street, Layton, uh, Layton, Iowa, 50143. So, um, yeah, I can't find their email address. Oh, well, just look it up. Tassel Ridge Winery in Iowa, and you'll get the email address there. And you can subscribe to it. You can keep up to date with what's going on there continuously. And if you're in the area, it'll give you a good opportunity to stop by and check them out. Okay, let's see. I've got, oops, that's the wrong one here. Let's see what this is. This is a message that just came in. Is this a message that I need to get on right now? Hmm, I don't know. No, the message uh, Nope, it's nothing important. So let me uh, go back to the next winery and see what we got on this one here. Let's see, that's not there. That's not what I want. That's not what I want. And where are they? Oh, Amazing Grace. Here we go. Amazing Grace Winery. Uh, they are located in New York, Chazzy, New York. Amazing Grace Winery has, uh, it says, due to the unbelievably warm summer, we are harvesting early this year. So we make room so we are passing the savings on to you. For the next five weeks, we'll have a buy two, get one free sale. Wow. That's a 30 to 40% savings. They have the Chardonnay, the Harvest Moon, Aaron's Red Estate, Grayson's Golden Sunrise, Everett's Sweet Red, all buy two, get one. So it's like 33 to 40% off. Good deal, good deal. Excuse me. This Saturday, they have Live Walkers at the Pavilion, playing and entertaining you for for your enjoyment. And they also have a holiday party coming up. Uh, bookings for the holiday party, you can reserve that. You can go to Amazing Grace Vineyard and Winery. Uh, let's see if we have an email address for them. Yes, we do. Actually, we got uh, contact is mary at amazinggracewinery.com. So get over to Mary if you have any questions. Uh, and she will let you know about the upcoming events and the holiday party they're booking now and all that stuff. So check that out and see what you can find, the, find there if you're interested. 
the next one we have Keith Joshua. We bring him up a lot. He's doing stuff. But this Saturday is the Magdalena Bash Harvest Festival. That's from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. all day long. Live music all day long. They got a variety of different artists coming in. Uh, Cat Daddy and the 12 Bars Blue Band from 11 to 2. Then they got Jordy. She's the daughter of pop singer Melanie. Remember the I Got a Brand New Pair of Roller Skates? She'll be there from 2 to 5. So check out their Magdalena Bash Harvest Festival. They're going to have uh, uh, you know, all sorts of stuff. They're tasting uh, from different uh, wineries and uh, souvenir glasses and tickets are available or you can contact them at www.kj-vineyards.com or you can even call them 520-455-5582. They're located in Elgin, I believe. Uh, yeah, Elgin, Arizona. And so you can also subscribe to their e-letter and get that uh, sent to you. Let's see, amazing. Oh, I've already done amazing grace. I got another one here. That was so important. I'm going to save it to pass on that two for one sale. And let's see, we got somebody at Walsh Vineyards. A new online shopping cart. Uh, and so they've got that available. Let's see where are we are. Okay, here we go. Uh, they've got uh, redesigned Walsh Vineyard website up to date. And. Uh, they said open a new browser for the shopping cart. Uh, upcoming wine club concert is going to be, I don't see an address or date on here, but check them out. They are located in Mannheim, Pennsylvania. Walsh Vineyards at 1599 Old Line Road, Mannheim, Pennsylvania. You can email them uh, at, or the website is Walsh vineyards or uh, yeah wallsvineyards.com www or you can email them at info at wallsvineyards.com and find out more stuff about that so walsh vineyards that's in pennsylvania okay let me back up here and get rid of this and this and let's see okay we've got all that so we can do this and I think that's all the vineyards we've got. Amazing Grace. We did that one. Here's Keith Joshua and the Magdalena Bash. Show. Okay, very good. So those are the vineyards and the wineries. Again, if you are a winery yourself, then get in touch. We will be happy to talk about your events and all that on the program. Or if you know someone at a winery and you'd like to have them announced, let them know. And come on the program. We'll be happy to get anybody on the program that's a winery or wine-related business. So uh, at any time, let me go check here real fast, and then we'll come back to here. 
Tonight I am having, well, I say the last bottle, but I'm sure there are others still floating around out there in the wine world. But our last bottle of the Casa del Sol Key Lime Wine. It's sad that it's gone. It really reminds me of a Sauvignon Blanc, and I've always said that about the Key Lime. It just It's a Sauvignon Blanc, a little... A little grassy, the limey taste, and Sauvignon Blancs to me always a, a good Sauvignon Blanc gives that little grassy taste. Classic New Zealand Sauvignon Blancs always get that grassiness to it. But it's uh, last bottle we have, and it's got that little little bite of lime. It's good though. I I'm yeah you know, I. <laughs> sort of sad I'm going to lose some of these wines and I have any more this last one but hey that's what happens got some other let's do another trivia women's work equal pay for women had some unexpected consequences in Australia after the women's movement in Australia was successful in gaining economic reforms in the 1960s there was no pool of cheap labor left, and no one, therefore, who was willing to do vineyard work for low wages. As a result, in the decades since the 1960s, Australia has become the most mechanized wine producer in the world. Not only is more than 80% of the nation's grape crop mechanically harvested, but machines have been invented to do almost every other vineyard task, from pruning to leaf plucking so the grapes bunches aren't shaded, to spraying herbicide when needed, all done mechanically. And I'm sure it's gotten even more mechanized almost every year. It's just unbelievable how much they're doing that. Okay, let's tell you about some stories here. Uh, I'll tell you about some things here. Should have a guest next week. I need to call him this week. Kevin Long from Wildlife Ridge Winery in Missouri. Uh, he's interested. He wants to be on. And I'm going to get him on next week. So tune in for that. Uh, you can always look up Wildlife Ridge Winery on Missouri Winery. If you're interested in a little bit more about it before then. Wine is full of healthy polyphenols. But what is a polyphenol? Let me tell you a little bit. I'm not going to go through this whole article because it's very long. And it breaks down all the components of the polyphenols. But let's start with an even more common term in the wine health lexicon, antioxidants. These are molecules that protect against the harmful effects of oxidation. Not to be confused with the flaws in wine, of wine oxidation, which really won't affect your health one way or the other. You don't need to worry about that. But oxidation in the human body is the breakdown of oxygen molecules caused by everyday occurrences such as exercise, metabolizing food, and environmental factors such as exposure to air pollutants. Those chemicals, chemical reactions generate free radicals, which can lead to aging inflammatory diseases, and cancer. Free radicals are unchanged, uh, uncharged molecules which are highly reactive because they have an odd number of electrons. This is, 
this is from Ginger Holton, who is a dietitian and a lot of things after her name, and she knows what she's talking about. They can damage the outside of cells or cellular membranes as well as DNA, which is why we don't want them bouncing around in our body. So antioxidants can prevent this damage by lending their own electrons to stabilize free radicals. There's a lot of different types of free radicals, so the body needs a lot of different types of antioxidants to quench them. So there you go. You always wonder what all that stuff meant. That's what it means. Polyphenols are one such subset of antioxidants. All right, so that's one type of antioxidant. They get their name from their, their structure. A phenol, that's P-H-E-N-O-L, is a type of chemical compound. Poly means there is more than one of these compounds that make up the molecule. So there are thousands of different types of polyphenols that exist naturally in plants and all sorts of different things. But uh, helping create the pigment, the role of polyphenols play in varying roles in helping prevent against ultraviolet rays to repairing physical damage depending on the specific needs of the plant type. Okay. Wines polyphenols come from grapes mainly from the skins, and because the red winemaking process involves more extended contact with the grape skins, those wines tend to contain a lot more polyphenols than white wines do. As a result, red wine polyphenols content has been praised by wellness-conscious drinkers. But there are also specific polyphenols in red wines that have been studied individually for their potential health benefits. Right, we all hear the red wine food for you. One of them that we really hear a lot about is resveratrol. This is one of the most widely studied polyphenols in wine. And it's naturally occurring in plants and uh, uh, produced by plants to well, stop physical harm or invasion by pathogens. And it's found uh, in high quantities in peanuts, blueberries, cocoa. And, uh, you know, not quite as high in other plants. But resveratrol, I'm not going to go into all what resveratrol is. But it's, it's resveratrol. I suppose I can throw this up onto a, a website or something so you can look. If you know what resveratrol is, you may also have heard of, and I'm not sure how to pronounce this, quercetin. Or quercetin. Q-U-E-R-C-E-T-I-N, quercetin. It's one of the most adumit, uh, adumit, uh, <laughs> abundant polyphenols found in food sources. And it has uh, significant anti-inflammatory properties uh, to help alleviate the lung disease and other healing, uh, you know, healing arteries and stuff like that. Uh, it also reduces the risk of ta- contracting the flu. And this is in wine also. It has also been shown to be a good agent to counteract and uh, chemoprotective or chemotherapeutic agent for certain types of cancer. Wow. Anthocyanins. It's a pigment that can be found 
that creates red, purple, and blue colors in plants and foods, and obviously in grapes and red wine. And this has been studied in human healthy uh, for human health effects, killing leukemia cells in labs, and help maintain weight and also erectile dysfunction. Procyanidins, I think that's how it's pronounced. Um, Procyanidins is a subgroup of tannins, and it's been studied like resveratrol. Research has shown that it's a beneficial ability to produce a peptide that in excessive amounts has been linked to heart disease, but that's in excessive amounts. And that's probably when they start doing the studies on how wine can hurt your heart. That's probably what they're looking at. Elagic acid. It is, uh, serves many functions from regulating plant growth, protecting against infection, and it also in humans can play a role in fat burning and liver health. Even a small doses found in a few servings of wine, it can do that. So uh, studies have found that uh, allergic acid could regulate blood glucose levels in mice as well as burn fat and fatty tissues in lab tests. So that's what they're saying. Cathogens, C A T E C H I N S, cathogens. This is the health component that you find in tea, and it's also in red wine, and white too, but not as much, much lower quality, quantities. Uh, it's uh, found in fresh fruit, cocoa, and beer, if you're a beer drinker. Uh, studies have shown the cathogens' ability to delay tumor development, uh, and it's a potential anti cancer treatment. It's also been shown promise as treatments for Alzheimer's. So, good stuff there. Good stuff in red wine. But does red, certain red wines contain more than others? Well, yeah. Uh, in 2016, a study they found that uh, fermentation positivity affected a wine's totally polyphenol count while adding sulfur dioxide negatively affected it, and sulfur dioxide is sulfites. Uh, further studies have shown that aging tends to lower polyphenol count, so younger wines are better than older wines. So, but different amounts in different ones. Uh, uh, the, uh, let's see, specific wines with lots of uh, uh, pro cyanidins uh, are made from tanny grapes, tannit, uh, Petit Syrah, Marslan, which is a cross between Cab and Grenache, and Nobelio, uh, so, and uh, uh, many commonly thick skin grapes, Cabernet, Pinot Noir, stuff like that. So, uh, some of its parts, sum it up, yeah, it's good for you people. Red wine is good for you. The polyphenols, uh, that are in it, they're always talking about polyphenols. That's what it does. It, it helps the free radicals in your body become not so free and to control it and help your body. Polyphenols and other antioxidants are more complicated than vitamins and minerals, which are essential. For example, we know how much calcium is needed to support bone health based on large long term population studies, but with 
vitamins and minerals deficiency has clear and severe health consequences. But is resveratrol potentially beneficial to health? Yeah, quite possibly. But will you die if you don't get enough? Probably not. So, you know, if you have your body full of free radicals all bouncing around in there and not having anything to control them and all that, probably won't kill you, but, you know, you won't feel awful real well or anything. So, uh, there you go. Give you more information then than you probably was expecting on that. I need to I need to save this article, so let me make a note here to save this article. Um, there we go. All right, now, America's Most versatile Wine Grapes. That's for me. I made a note for myself to read that because it was... It was a technical article, and I wanted to read it before I talk to you about it. All right, here we go. Uh, winemaker revolt against health tag on bottles. This is starting to become a thing. Remember, we come up every once in a while with wanting to do something on the health bottles, and you know, put health tag or something. This is out of the Calgary Herald, uh, Canadian, obviously Calgary. I don't think we have any Calgary's in that does the newspaper in the United States. But the health minister wants two labels uh, uh, required on each wine bottle. One warning pregnant women against drinking, the other a reminder that wine is illegal for under 18s. And they... Winemakers are revolting against that. They're saying this this is a crock. We don't want to do this. They're saying uh, well, this is in France too. Wait a minute, or is this just in France? Yeah, it is. I'm sorry. I said Canada. It was reported in the Calgary Hill, but this is France. French ministers plans to require bigger health warnings on bottles of wine have provoked a furious response from the. Uh, big chateaus all over the place. They're saying it would damage the soul of France and turn wine into a criminal product. You know, the French don't mince their words when they start talking about their wine. The winemakers united to criticize the proposal. It's just intending to educate and stop consumption by pregnant women and minors, but they don't like it. Uh, they want, they're saying they want the label uh, to be two centimeters wide and on the front of each wine bottle, one of warning women against drinking any wine during pregnancy, another reminder that it's illegal if you're under 18. Again, this is French. Um, and Domaine de la Romane Conti, which makes the world's most expensive wine, is among the signatories of the proposal, stating that this is ridiculous. The ministry wants to make the changes by the end of the year, but Bottles of wine already carry pictograms or a message advising zero alcohol consumption during pregnancy, but there's no legal minimum size or rules on the color. 
and they do not currently have anything that says anything about underage drinking. The proposals come as a quarter of pregnant French women continue to drink alcohol. Now, that label is really going to stop them. I can just see that now. You know, they're drinking alcohol, and then they pick up a bottle and go, oh, my, this now has a label on it. I shouldn't drink this when I'm pregnant. Yeah, that's going to really, really help. I can I can just see that now. And the same thing with the French are worrying about the teenage binge drinking, and they're, I'm sure, label on it's going to be just what they need. That will stop it. Ah. Uh, 64 of France's most illustrious vineyards has accused the ministry of seeking to spread fear. Uh, they are, uh, the winemakers, all, all of them say, we are the guardians of an exceptional heritage, French winemaking. Every day, by exporting our produce, we share it with the world. And the government says they risk sacrificing all the endeavors by turning wine into a criminal product. Uh, we don't carry the plague and we don't want to be tarred with the same brush as cigarette manufacturers, they're saying. Uh, to stick the two warnings on the front label with a red line through them is unbearable. Next, they'll be slapping photos with cancer victims and saying wine is to blame. <laughs> That's right, you tell them. So, they're, the French winemakers are revolting against the new new laws. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I really do. They, they're quite concerned about their, their uh, wines there in France. They really, I mean, you can't blame them. All right. Uh, let's see. What's my next one here? I get a couple of them on this one. Uh, if I can find this is just a quick one here. This is a, a tabs TBS tabs analytical report. Oh come on, where are you? Okay, there you go. A tabs analytical report that says legalization of cannabis will not for wine and liquor purchases. They're just saying it's not going to make an effect. You can legalize it all you want, but it's not going to do it. Uh, the report had some key findings. It says legalization of cannabis will have minimal impact on alcohol sales. Only 5% of regular wine purchasers and 9% of regular liquor purchasers indicated strongly that they would drink less if cannabis were legalized. Well, that's, you know, 9% is, really could be quite a bit. But less than 20% of wine liquor drinkers saying they strongly oppose legalization of cannabis. And let's see, what is it? Highly edu higher education and income drive wine and liquor purchases. So, and they said those people are the ones that would not favor a uh, legalization of marijuana in their area. Uh, geographic wine and alcohol preferences defy conventional wisdom. With the popularity of wine destination of Napa and Sonoma, one would expect the West to dominate in pur wine purchasing. However, purchase preferences stay within reach, and the Northeast is the region where the largest percentage of people reported purchasing wine at least once during the past year with the state of New Jersey outpacing the other top 13 states by a wide margin. Now, that's interesting. 
The West region ranks lowest at 41%. Uh, Closer look at census region shows that only in the Mid-South is liquor and wine purchasing equal at 41%. And uh, the types of wine and liquor, Merlot, 44%, Cabernet, and Chardonnay tied at 38% of the top three types of wine purchased while the remaining eight types are being purchased by 33% or fewer of the consumers. And Walmart leads in wine, and especially retailers in liquor. Walmart accounts for 29% of wine purchases, followed by Costco at 21, and then especially retailers at 19. Wow. Walmart accounts for 29% of wine purchases. That surprises me. That That is... But some highlights from the study, but they're saying it will not affect, cannabis will not affect wine. I, you know, that should shut me up, shouldn't it? Because I'm always talking about that. If it, if it will or if it won't or what's going to happen and some of the things I see, but that survey says, hey, that's all there is to it. Germany has launched a new classification for wine. When you're buying sparkling wine, you're looking at, oh, come on, give me my article. Don't be playing around with me. Uh, When you're looking at sparkling wine, you don't really think German a lot. Uh, You think more France, obviously, Champagne, Spain, Cava, Prosecco from Italy, sparkling wine from the U.S., but Germany has launched a new classification for the wine, uh, Verbon Dutcher's Predicat. VDB is an organization where most, but not all, of Germany's best-known and most highly regarded wine producers are members. Around 195 wineries in the country signed up for the group. Excuse me. Uh, if you see VDB, esta- uh, VDB establishes first SECT, S-E-K-T classification, at its General Assembly this week. The VDB SECT classification mirrors the VDB origin Pyramid for wine classification in Germany. Okay, if you see VDB on the bottle, I always look whenever I buy German wine, I always look for VDB on the bottle. Um, certain standards. 195 wineries do it, so it's not hard to find it, but there are some that don't have it. Traditional bottle fermentation is compulsory for all four VDB origins categories for set. Two of those, the VDB, uh, VDP Gustav and VDP Orts sect must remain at least 15 months on the lease. Uh, the single vineyard categories, VDP Erst Log and VDP Gross Log sect, are all single vintage sect expressions, and they must remain 36 months on the lease. These are modeled after the champagne. All grapes have to be picked early by hand and must be derived from vineyards which belong to the VDP and are cultivated specifically for sect production or sparkling wine production. Regulation is also set for the alcohol content and the maximal volume of crushed uh, juice crushed from grapes. All the strict VDP regulations are applied to the sect-based wine and described in the guidelines. 
So, quite stringent, although Germany is quite stringent on their regulations for wine. Well, we are too, but, you know, it's they really go into certain details with some of that. So, there you got new rules and regulations on German champagne, German sect, S-E-C-S-E-K-T. That's German sparkling wines. So, you can always check out the German sparkling wines if... Uh, you're not finding something that you like. Uh, let's see. No, I'm not going to save that. So let's go on to the next one. And this is, oh, this is interesting. Uh, Colbert, the uh, funny man on, on late night TV. I'm not a Colbert fan, so I, I yeah. I never have been. I I don't watch him. I never watch him when he's on Comedy Central or any of that stuff. But he made a uh, uh, been joking about this about nuclear wine, nuclear uh, nuclear wine, nuclear. Whatever you pronounce it. Uh, Fukushima's nuclear signature has been found in some of California wine. Okay, the nuclear disaster that baited North America in a radioactive cloud has found some uh, pharmacologists have found the signature in California wine made at the time. So... Throughout the 50s, U.S., Soviet Union, and others tested thermonuclear weapons in the Earth's atmosphere. These released vast quantities of radioactive material into the air and triggered fears of a nuclear winter and nuclear reaction and all sorts of stuff. Uh, they said it's going to destroy the planet if everybody keeps doing it, and they kept doing it anyway, and we haven't destroyed it, but maybe that's part of the global warming or the climate change. But atmospheric tests ended in the 1980s. The process has left a long-lasting nuclear signature on the planet. And one of the most obvious signatures is cesium-137. This is a radioactive byproduct of the fission of uranium-235. After the release in the atmosphere, uh, cesium-137 was swept around the world and found its way into the food chain. Trace amounts, trace amounts but it was in the food chain. But in 2001, the French pharmacologist Philippe Hubert discovered that he could use the signature to date wines without opening the bottles. <laughs> the technique immediately became a useful tool in the fight against wine fraud. You just check the, uh, do a little small punch in the, Bottle, pull out yourself a small sample, check it for cesium-137, and it can tell you how old the wine was. If it were made after the 60s stop, then you knew it was too new. But there was one problem. The Chernobyl disaster in 1986 bathed much of Europe and other parts of the world in a radioactive cloud, which increased atmospheric levels of cesium-137. And that raises the question about the 
Fukushima disaster of 2011. And this is this is an accident on proportions of Chernobyl. This is big. I you know I, Chernobyl. Everybody knew about. Everybody's worried and all that. Uh, Fukushima. I don't think people gave it as much press and as much fear as they did at Chernobyl, but it is on proportions with Chernobyl. A nuclear power plant in Japan uh, following the huge earthquake and tsunami, tsunami, the tsunami, the tsunami, uh, it also released a radioactive cloud that made North America in Celsium-137. And they're starting to pick it up in California wines. Thanks to the study carried out by uh, Hubert and a couple of his colleagues in January 2017, they came across a series of California wines from the vintage of 2000 to 2012, particularly Cabernet Sauvignon, that tested high in cesium-137 in the unopened bottles. any wine before that date was pretty much free of the problem before March 11, 2011. But afterward, it showed the levels of Celsium 137. So, using the method, they found measurable amounts above background levels in wine produced after 2011. There seemed to be an increase, they say. And that probably won't be very useful for fraud detection in California wines since cesium-137 is barely detectable and even then only the wine is destroyed. Only if the wine is destroyed. But the results do show that the nuclear disasters have had an unexpected long after fact consequences. So you can... uh, you can worry about it being in your wine. If you buy California Cabernet, that's what they're saying. It is the California Cabernets that are causing the problem, but it's not enough to cause you to have to panic or worry or anything. There are levels of cesium-137 in California wines. All right. Um, Temecula Valley Wine and Weed. Nah, that's not interesting. Read a little short article on wine and weed is not allowed to be mixed in Temecula. What they're doing a lot of the non-active ingredient of. Uh, hang on, let me ask my engineer. Engineer, what is that non-active ingredient that we were being told about the marijuana that's in? Uh, they're putting, putting in everything else. Oh, yeah, the oil. I know. I can't think of the name of it, though. I don't know. I can't remember. Oh, well. You all know what I mean. Um, they're putting that in everything now. And there are wines that are, are actually it's being added to it now. You can see different wines out there that have, I can't think of the ingredient. It'll come to me. But they're putting that in everything. They even have it in uh, doggy snacks and kitty snacks. We have friends of ours that... Uh, run a uh, dog shop and you know, supplies and everything, all that. And they're uh, saying that uh, they're 
people are coming in offering them this in dog snacks and stuff. So it's out there everywhere now. Well, Temecula has a law that's standing, or they're looking at doing a law saying you can't do that. It is illegal and it can't be done. So we just won't see any of that stuff from the Temecula area. Uh, huh? CBD. CBD. Yeah. Okay. CBD. That's it. That's it. It's the. It's from marijuana plants. That is not the active ingredient. Like uh, THC is going to get you high, but CBD does not. So, but it's supposed to be good for your health and all that other good stuff. And that's actually that CBD is what they use in medical marijuana. So. Um, just let you know on it. Okay. Uh, I saw this article. I, this, well, let me condense it. I, you know, I, I it, it was an interesting guy, and it, I thought it was very interesting simply because I have been dealing with labels and uh, alcoholic beverage uh, people in the uh, TTB, the Federal Alcohol and Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau, the TTB, which, by the way, even local levels, they don't talk to everybody. But let me, I'm not going to go through this today with you simply because it's a rather long article, and I, I just I, I want to condense it a little bit more for you. But this talks well. The name of the article: the TTB labeling, a brief history. And it, it says the TTB has struggled over the years to provide consumers with useful information, while balancing the needs of beverage producers. And it's a good article. It shows how they try to, uh, oh, try to balance everything. I mean, it's just, uh, uh, there's a, here, a great difference between whether or not a drink is intoxicating or non-intoxicating according to the way it is used. You do not have intoxication if you drink with your meals. Okay. And these are different things the committees came up with. As regards a 10% wine, the amount taken with food certainly falls far below any effect that can be defined as intoxicating. So, you know, and these are things that TTB committees started to struggle with. Okay, should we make this? Yeah, so let me uh, let me get this article together and condense a little bit. Probably not next week because hopefully I'm going to have Kevin Long on next week, but... Uh, this will be one that we'll discuss at length uh, coming up on a future program. And uh, it's, it's an interesting program. Right? It's uh, our next interesting show. So uh, our article. Jeez. Uh, so let me do that. Okay. Uh, well, let's see. we got time here. Let me do another... Another one here. Uh, this is 
was, was investing in fine wines. Uh, there we go. Stands more to Lucadita than ever. We've talked about in the past how wine investments go and how you can do it and how dangerous it is because of counterfeiting out there. And there's a lot of counterfeiting of wines. But investing in fine wines more lucrative than ever. Once an exotic market, parking your assets inside expensive bottles can yield tremendous profits. Now you really need to store these right if you're going to do it. We've talked about this before. You really need to store it right. If you don't have the facilities to store it yourself, then rent something. But you really need to store it right. But it can be lucrative. It can be really quite lucrative. Uh, pretty long article here. It just it goes into um, how the investor should hire a manager and trust them. Uh, clients are... This one uh, cult wine founder said that he's more than 1,700 clients and he's held their wines for three to seven years before trying to sell them. Uh, the management fees, 15% of the total investment value paid up front, and that includes the storage. So you've got to have the money there. You've got to know what you're doing. But you look down here on this last one, and uh, one of the most in-demand wines is Domaine de la Romane Conte, a bottle of the most recent vintage, 2015, would set you back $17,000. And that's if you beat out other bidders. And for this one particular person, Sophie uh, Skarbek-Borowska, uh, who invests in wines, uh, it was an opportunity of a lifetime. She said there was no way she would not get it uh, because she knew what she was doing. She bought a 2015 for $8,510 last year, and today it's worth $15,210. So, you know, investments can work for you, but you really got to get yourself a broker. You really have to work with someone and someone who knows what they're doing, someone who knows how to do it, someone who knows what it all involves before you start doing it, but it can be a uh, a quite lucrative thing. I need to get a sip of my key lime here. Hang on. All right, very good. That is quite that acid bite just wakes you up to that. That wine really has that little acid bite in it that I think is so good. And let me look at another one here. Oh. American Viticulture Area. This one caught my eye. I read through this article. And, wow, that's interesting. And it says, how to build an AVA uh, reputation. Building an AVA reputation. And it's establishing an American Viticulture and AVA is an effort. It takes an effort to gain recognition for the bit of earth that allows grapes to grow with the distinction that you want and to stamp it with uh, 
advanced. So you can scream, this is good, this is unique, and this is higher price because it takes the time, money, and paperwork, and a little bit more to put this together. But I said, reading through this article and all that, and I, I, you know, I'm thinking, wow, that, that's, that's cool, that's cool. And then talk about different wineries and how they, but then I thought, people don't know what ABA is. They're, they're filling themselves. They really need to spend some of this money that they're doing, that they're, they're spending on some of this stuff. And start marketing AVA. Start telling this country what the AVAs are. You know, you know, because I've, I've talked about it a lot. I've educated you. you, you my listeners are, are educated and pretty smart people out there. And we've talked about a lot of this stuff. But when I was at the winery, I, I would ask people all the time, how many of you know what an AVA is? And no hands went up. No hands went up. I just, I was... I was always shocked about that. I always, because in the wine business, we're always talking about ABAs. Whenever I've interviewed wineries, and I will be interviewing wineries, uh, whenever I do, I ask, are you in an ABA? And they go, yeah, you know, we're in here or something. But people don't know. And I really think it should be an effort by every winery in this country to educate people on AVAs because it's important. It's important where they are, how big they are, what they do, what, what it means, and all that. So, And even you, if you're listening to this program and you're out with friends, you're drinking wine, say, hey, by the way, do you know what an AVA is? And they'll go, no, what is it? And you can educate them a little bit and show them a little bit more what they're drinking and what they're doing. So, but um, that's that's the main thing this article brought out to me. It's a good article, and it talks about building an ABA reputation. But you know that's great, but people don't know. People who know about ABA, well. So let me read you one more trivia, and we're going to close for the night because it's that time. Uh, it's eight o'clock already, uh, almost eight o'clock on. Thursday night, the 23rd of August, 2018. But a bit of trivia here. Grange. Many wine lovers recognize the name Grange. Made by the wine company Pinfolds, Grange is Australia's most famous wine. But what few realize is how old Grange is and how it got its name. In 1844, a young British doctor named Christopher Rawson Pinfold arrived in South Australia along with his wife, Mary, and with the vine cuttings he had acquired in France. Pinfold planted the cuttings around his home, around his home which is a small stone cottage he and Mary called the Grange. Being a firm believer in the medical benefits of wine, Dr. Pinfold soon began making port-style and sherry-style wines for his patients. Over time, Pinfold bought more vineyards, and in 1844, the Pinfolds Wine Company was born. Like other Australian wineries of the era, it focused on sweet, fortified wines, since the ports and sherry styles. Finally, in 1951, Pinfolds then-winemaker Max Schubert decided to create a radically different wine. Modeled on great red Bordeaux and made from Syrah's grapes, it was neither sweet nor fortified. 
but elegant and dry. Schubert called it Grange Hermitage. Later, the name was shortened to Grange. In the past decade, dozens of awards and accolades have been bestowed on Grange. In 1999, for example, Wine Spectator magazine named the 1955 George or Grange Hermitage one of the top 12 wines of the 20th century. Wow. So there you go. Uh, trivia to end off there about Grange. We are done for the night, and we will be back next week. Hopefully, we'll have a guest. Kevin Long should be on. Mike will be back next week with us um, as he gets captured again to to do his duties. Uh, but uh, otherwise, he will be back with us. I will be here next week with you. Next week is the first of the year or first of the month. Are we there already? I don't I don't have a calendar in front of me. What's what's next Thursday? What date? Well, look what the end of this month is, and then thirtieth is next next Thursday. All right, there you go. Twenty today's the twenty third. Add seven to it, that makes thirty. You know, I mean, I should have been able to do that. That would have been easy enough to do in my head. See, that's another reason we have Mike here. He can he can add in his set like that. I can't. So, <laughs> so thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate it. Uh, if you're listening on archives, uh, thanks a lot. And be safe out there. Drink lots of wine. And we will look forward to seeing all of you next week. Thanks. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine on Blog Talk Radio with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archive shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.